Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Friday, May 15th, 2020. Today I want to continue along the lines of what I've been talking about the last couple of programs showing evidence that the Roman Empire has not gone away, contrary to what we've been taught. But according to the scriptures, as I presented from Daniel chapter 2 and also Daniel chapter 9, Rome continues strong until the end. Now, there are a lot of people that don't really particularly care what the Bible says about these things. Personally, I believe the Bible is the only way to know the truth about what's really happening. So, for those of us who believe the Bible is the Word of God, it is the authority that uh, we live by, then we need to understand what it says about what's happening in our world today. And wherever it contradicts what we've been taught, it should be cause for us to take pause. I understand it's a lot to process, but I want to encourage you to not give up. Keep listening, keep hanging in there, and keep seeking understanding. Okay, so today I want to look at Revelation 13, verse 11. And Revelation 13 is where we see two beasts coming upon the earth. And this is all happening at the time of the end, right before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the the Antichrist arises with another who is called the false prophet in Revelation chapter 20. This Antichrist, we're told, uh, is going to be allowed to rule the whole world for a period of 42 months, and he will be assisted and supported uh, by this, this false prophet. The, the Antichrist arises up out of the sea, and he's referred to as the first beast. And then the second beast is this false prophet. And in verse 11, it describes him. It says, I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. So right there, we have a clue that this this uh, beast is all about deception. And if you continue to uh, read the verses following, it warns of his schemes that he in, he is coming to deceive the whole earth. And so his appearance all by itself is very deceptive because he looks like a lamb, and that is a clear reference to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Because when John the Baptist first saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And there are other scriptures that identify Jesus as the Lamb. But yet this man comes speaking like a dragon. So his words are empowered. The the spirit of Satan is in his words. So he is a liar and deceiver just like Satan. Now this ties in very well with the warnings that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 24 when the disciples asked him to tell them the signs of his returning. And the very first thing he told them about was to beware of deception, a great deception coming upon the earth, and he identified the source as being from those who come in his name. And so we have these clues here that can not only help us identify who this deceiver is, 
but also help us eliminate a lot of other possibilities. And, you know, people spend a lot of time, a lot of time, writing and discussing and making videos and watching videos about all sorts of theories about, oh, it's, you know, it's the bankers or it's the Muslims. Uh, they're going to take over the world. Or it's the Jews, you know, the evil Jews get blamed for so many things that they're going to try to take over the world. Or it's the deep state, you know, or it's the global financial elite, or it's the Rothschilds, or it's, it's, some, it's always somebody. But the problem with all of those culprits, none of them come in his name. None of them come with the appearance of a lamb. And so we can just, right off the bat, if we believe the Bible is the authority on these things, then we can just dismiss a lot of the nonsense that's going around. So we can already save ourselves lots of time and just start to hone in on, start getting closer to uh, revealing the identity of this evil beast. And there have been prophetic warnings from people that I trust, like Sundar Selvraj and many others, who have been shown that the false prophet is the Pope, the head of the Catholic Church. And according to the scriptures, he would be a candidate because he does come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he does come with the appearance of a lamb, uh, more so than other Christian leaders he wears the, the garments, he dresses in white, he presents himself as a holy, righteous man, a lamb of God. And also, as the head of the Roman Catholic Church, he already has a huge following. So if this man's coming to deceive the whole world, he already has a giant head start because there are over 1.3 billion Catholics on planet Earth, which is far more than all the Protestant denominations combined, which adds up to about 900 million, according to Wikipedia. And another thing to consider about this possibility of the Pope being this false prophet is that he's the head of the Roman Catholic Church. So just as I shared from Daniel chapter 2, and then again from Daniel chapter 9, here we have another scriptural reference that's a dead ringer showing Rome is not only still operating at the time of the end, but also has tremendous power and influence actually leading the world as this man is in the position of deceiving the whole world. So he is in a huge leadership role here. Now, this passage of Scripture totally contradicts all those other theories about who the culprits are, because if you think about it, whoever it is has been working, scheming for literally thousands of years trying to get in this position of having the whole world under their thumb, and no one yet has been able to do it. There's always been... Uh, pockets of resistance and not enough power, not enough control that they've not been able to pull it off. But whoever it is has been working at it. 
and for centuries, even thousands of years. So it doesn't make any sense. Let's say, for example, the bankers. Let's say the bankers for generation after generation of wealthy bankers have been scheming and manipulating and trying to get to the point where they can be in control. They have their global financial system, whatever they've always wanted. Well, then what the heck is this guy doing on the scene? Because there's no way that they're going to work all those centuries to get it to this point and then uh, at the end just hand it over to a uh, religious leader like the Pope? I mean, that makes no sense at all because the principle that's always existed throughout history is to the victor go the spoils, right? So if if they're the victor, they're going to want it for themselves. They're not going to give it to anyone else. They're certainly not going to put someone else in charge. So there's not going to be someone coming out of left field out of nowhere at the end and saying, you know, I'll take over from here. That makes no sense. No, what this is showing is exactly what Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 9 shows. It's the same people, the same people that destroyed the temple in 70 AD, destroyed the, uh, the city of Jerusalem at the same time. Those people, the people of the prince who is to come, who are around still at the end, it's those same people that were the legs of iron for the longest time, but then they morphed. They transformed themselves into the, the feet of clay that has the iron mixed into it. So the scriptures give us an excellent guide that helps us hone right in on the target. So we know, you know, there's so many people uh, prophesying all sorts of nonsense and speaking in behalf of God and saying all kinds of things. But if we can just, you know, understand these simple points from the scriptures, um, we can eliminate a lot of confusion. Now, since we're honing in on the Roman Catholic Church as the continuation of all the other Roman Empire and Holy Roman Empire, I want to point out that what I'm presenting here has nothing to do with the individual level. In other words, someone might be uh, attending a Roman Catholic church service, but in their heart they can still have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So what I'm talking about here is the institution, the Roman Catholic institution, and that has to do primarily with the very top levels of the organization, the hierarchy, and I believe a lot of people at the lower levels are unaware of what's really happening at the upper levels. But that's, uh, when I talk about Roman Catholics, that's what I'm talking about. Now, there's been so much confusion about the bankers being in charge and ruling the world, and especially the Rothschild family, that I wanted to uh, share specifically on that topic. And I'm going to do that on tomorrow's program. And I did a extensive amount of research into this topic, and it's very interesting. I think you'll find it very interesting. Um, I'll be presenting that on tomorrow's program. So thanks for joining me today, and I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long. <laughs>